Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. There are still a lot of mysteries about the January 6th attack that have not been unlocked. You know, Trump's culpability for stoking the riot. These people are not going to take it any longer. They're not going to take it any longer. Go ahead, turn your cameras, please, would you show? They came from all over the world, actually, but... What he was specifically doing inside his White House to gather people in Washington. We have hundreds of thousands of people here, and I just want them to be recognized by the fake news media. Turn your cameras, please. The first subpoenas from the January 6th Select Committee on the Insurrection. Chairman Benny Thompson, the Democrat of Mississippi, announcing he's issued subpoenas for four people with very close ties to former President Trump. This week will be a test of whether the committee is going to have to fight and how hard they're going to have to fight to unlock those mysteries and get a sense of just how culpable Trump and his inner circle were for the day. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... I'm Kyle Cheney. I'm a legal affairs reporter for Politico. Kyle Cheney on the biggest week yet for the probe and what happened on January 6th. So the January 6th committee, it's a select committee, which means its members were picked essentially by Speaker Nancy Pelosi, uh, was tasked with investigating the entirety of the January 6th attack on the Capitol. And that includes President Trump's effort to overturn the election results that preceded January 6th and a lot of the aspects of the aftermath as well. Uh, so they've been at it for a couple of months now, trying to unearth documents and testimony about what happened. You have new reporting looking at how this week, the next few days, are going to be a crucial test of this committee and its probe into what happened on January 6th. Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so the committee has essentially been gearing up since they were formed in July and now we're finally at a point where the rubber is meeting the road. They're asking for testimony and documents from members of Donald Trump's inner circle. That's his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and other top advisors. And they have a deadline of Thursday to produce documents related to the committee's investigation. This is going to be the test of whether Trump world is going to fight this committee tooth and nail and what the committee is going to do about it. Mm. Because they are trying to get their work done by the spring And we've seen this movie before where Trump will fight every chance he gets to drag things out until, you know, the investigation expires, essentially. And so the committee doesn't have that luxury of time to go to court and battle for months and months. So that's really why we're going to learn a lot about what the state of the probe is and how hard they're willing to fight to get what they need. Hmm. What sort of documents are they trying to get from people like Mark Meadows? Good question. You know, Meadows might have personal communications, email, text messages that he could provide them directly. And if he's aware of any other documents that are out there, they, they essentially issued a blanket request. Just whatever you have that's relevant to us, please turn it over. Hmm. Uh, that really is up to Meadows to to comply with. But he may just tell them, no chance in hell, I'm, I'm going to give you what, anything you want, let alone these relevant documents. Uh, so we're going to find that out fairly soon. So in theory, it could be something like texts that he had with somebody else, like about stuff that was going down on January 6th. Right. And we know that Meadows in particular was in communication with some of the people now believed to have organized some of the pre-riot rallies mm. uh, by the White House and, and pr- the day before as well. 
And so, you know, there are specific things they know Meadows may have that they want. Uh, but the question is, does he have them on his personal phone and his Gmail account, for example? Um, or where would those be? Mm. So they want to cast a wide net. You mentioned that Trump and Trump world is likely to fight, you know, tooth and nail against getting these documents out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious, like, you know, formerly um, during the previous impeachment trials and stuff, this was the Trump administration, but he's out of office now. So, you know, people like his former chief of staff are are that mm-hmm. they're, they're former chief of staff. He is the former president. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do we know for sure whether like they're going to sort of all be acting together as if they are part of Trump's administration still? Or could we potentially see something where people are like, yeah, I'm not with this guy anymore. I'm going to give you what you need. Do what you want with it. Well, I think the, the scenario where they all splinter and, and take different paths is kind of what the committee's hoping for. They would love to convince these members of Trump world that they actually already have the goods on these people and they'd be better off cooperating than, than fighting uh, in the long run. But my sense is they are going to act as a unit. They're going to take their cues from Trump, who's already said he plans to fight, and he has his own deadline of this week to challenge the committee's effort to obtain his old White House records. He's going to ask the National Archives not to turn over a bunch of stuff, and uh, that's going to be a separate, potentially uh, lengthy legal fight. And so I think they'll take their cues from him as much as the committee would like that not to be the case. Hmm. What sort of documents in the National Archive does the committee want access to? So it's, it's, it's actually a huge trove of documents that they want. Uh, and they, essentially, it's any communication between anyone in, inside the White House regarding the January 6th certification of the Electoral College. It's, it's communications that may involve uh, certain people or be about certain people that participated. So the organizers of, the, of these events, discussions about Pence and what his authorities were to potentially overturn the election by himself, which is a theory Trump was pushing in the closing days of his administration. And it, it means documents that could, it could be thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of pages of documents and We don't know yet what the archives have found that fits the committee's request. We do know that Trump is reviewing them now and will make a determination in the next few days. And so he could or could not ask them essentially not to make these documents available to the committee? So the way the law works is it's a little complicated, but he's not the president anymore, as you pointed out. Mm -hmm. and He doesn't get executive privilege anymore the way he used to, but he can ask the Biden administration to invoke executive privilege over some of these docs. Now, historically, that's always been something current presidents agree to because they support the institution of the presidency. They want to protect things for themselves in the future, too. They want to strengthen that office. But this is a unique case where we could see the president, the current president, Joe Biden, disagreeing with the former president. And that's never happened before. And what that would trigger is a legal fight or if Trump sues and goes to court, uh, the law actually provides for that legal fight to occur. The question is how long that might take. Hmm. What do you think will ultimately come of this probe and how much of that is up to what ends up happening this week with the former Trump associates and their subpoenas and these documents that Trump might try to block being released. Well, that's the reason I think this week is instructive because the committee insists they're going to get the full truth out. They're not going to let anything stand in their way to do that. Well, now we're going to see just how true that is. You know, how how hard are they going to go in court? Are they going to try to get these people prosecuted essentially for refusing to comply? And if so, will the Biden Justice Department back them up in a way that the Trump Justice Department never did for Democratic investigations? in the past. 
And so the committee wants its work done by the spring. And if they want that to be the case, we're going to know this week how realistic that is if they really intend on sticking to getting every piece of evidence possible from these resistant recalcitrant witnesses. So once the committee is finished here, what do you think will end up happening? I mean, you you mentioned this is a select committee, meaning that uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi essentially had control over who was on it, which has mm-hmm. been a source of a lot of criticism from Republicans. I mean, I know they did tank the effort to have a bipartisan probe into this initially. But like, given all of that, like, let's say some big revelations about what happened that day do come out. How much clout do you think that carries? Or will this just sort of like fade into the hyperpartisan politics of this moment? It's hard to say because, you know, polling suggests that the the issue of January 6th itself has begun to devolve that way into sort of typical you know, partisan posturing, partisan belief. Um, if the committee unearths new evidence of Trump's culpability, certainly it's going to play out in the political arena against that new backdrop where it's a little bit more stark along partisan lines. And then the question is, you know, is there some way to punish that? If there, Do they unearth anything that, that borders on criminal? Um, now, the Justice Department has its own investigation of the rioters and the insurrectionists themselves. Uh, And they are allowing Congress to pursue this other avenue of Trump and his world and what they were doing. And the question is, does that intersect at some point? Does the committee's work actually help the Justice Department build cases against higher level people than the ones they're charging right now? Kyle Cheney, thanks so much for talking with me. Of course, anytime, Jeremy. Also... Today, a senior State Department official is leaving his role in the Biden administration, and on his way out, he sent a scathing internal memo criticizing the president's use of a Trump-era policy to expel migrants from the southern border. And a detailed legal memo dated October 2nd and obtained by Politico, Harold Coe, a senior advisor and the sole political appointee on the State Department's legal team, called the use of the public health authority known as Title 42, quote, illegal inhumane, and not worthy of this administration that I so strongly support. An administration official said Co. would be staying on in a consulting role and that his departure was long planned. Reached by phone, Co. declined to comment. And... Senator Elizabeth Warren is calling on the Securities and Exchange Commission to examine whether top Federal Reserve officials violated insider trading rules last year. The move is the latest twist in a controversy that's already led to the resignation of two policymakers and comes after new revelations that a vice chair at the central bank moved between $1 and $5 million out of a bond fund into stock funds in February of 2020, just a day before Fed Chair Jerome Powell put out a statement signaling that the central bank might take action to cushion the economy at the outset of the pandemic. That came on top of recent disclosures that two other officials also actively traded in stocks and real estate assets while the Fed was engaged in an extensive rescue of financial markets. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you're hearing and want to help us out, leave us a rating and review. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.